And this movie is scores five N's. There are five N <laughs> cast members in that movie. That is the only rating system we use for movies. This is the five N's. N's. Yes. <laughs> I wanted to say, so yeah, before we... Um... But it's five out of like 50 N, fifty oh, way, people. So way five more N's. Than that. It's a, I mean, it's a pretty yeah. good cast and there are very few... It's a very ni- 90s ratio. Yes, very much N's. so. Um, and we'll, we'll get into that. I also wanted to say at the outset, while, we're, while it was on my mind and while we were discussing it... Um, yeah, the it, it, it was uh, it struck me uh, that the there's like an N in the first couple minutes of the film in like the classroom, but and but he he has a girlfriend and the girlfriend is also an N, so we're doing like a somewhat realistic like the ends pair off with the ends. Um, we're not doing an interracialism, in other words, which. Um, there's so much about this movie that's very refreshing. I also want to say the I guess for our audience that isn't uh, we're talking about Starship Troopers um, for a lot of reasons. Uh, one of the main ones is um, recent release of Helldivers Two, which uh, I think I also want to talk about to, to some extent. Um, I think this is a you know a way to kind of kill two birds with one stone as far as that's concerned. Um, also, uh, I had never actually seen Starship Troopers all the way through at once watching it deliberately as a cinematic experience. I'm obviously familiar with the film and the memes and have seen a lot of, I mean, I, I, I it's been on the, the TV in the background. I just haven't ever sat all the way through it. Um, I think in part, I was reflecting on this. I think it's in part because I'm a, a depending on how you want to cut things, a, an older, I'm, I'm at the cusp between Gen X and, and millennials. So I was, um, somewhat young when it came, I was like, I was, when, when Starship Troopers came out in 1997, I was like too young to see it in theaters. Um, and it, w- it wasn't, it wasn't the kind of thing that it was just like versus I think for, for younger kids, it's like, you know, what are you talking about seeing a movie in a theater or old fucking boomer? Um, and, and, and in the meantime, I had just like absorbed so much of, um, the imagery and obviously I read the book when I was, yeah, like 13 or something. So uh, it wasn't that I had any, like, no familiarity at all. Um, but, yeah, I just hadn't ever really, I hadn't ever just sat down and just watched the whole movie from, you know, opening credits to final credits. And, uh, wow, what a great film. I was really, um, I, I was really impressed with, I, 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 we, and of course we should get, oh, yeah, that was the other major reason, which I think was also um, tied into the to the Helldivers thing, was, um this uh, sort of ongoing Twitter spat for, for maybe the past two weeks or so, probably all, as I said, imagine tied, tied at least to some extent to the, to the release of Helldivers, where they have a very similar problem with Helldivers and Starship Troopers, which is too many people <laughs> enjoying it unironically when there's some amount of ironic intent 
And uh, we could get into that and in, in the politics of, of irony. But um, before we do, I, I, I was wondering, what, uh, yeah, what did you want to start out with or how did you want to? How did you want to begin? Uh, Starship Troopers has affected my life more than any piece of media. Uh, I was thinking about you as I was watching it. I was like, oh, I could totally, I could sort of see Lewis's like ideology being framed uh, by this. Uh, uh, yeah, I, sure. I don't, I, I am, I like the movie, um, but I like the movie the same way I like Scarface mm-hmm. in that it is a film where every scene is not perfectly coherent with every other scene. But every scene by itself is like as like a short film is like really really good. Like if you watch yes a clip of Star Trek Troopers, it, it makes total like any five minutes of this movie is perfect, right? That, There's that no the wasted other, scenes. Um, if anything, I was going to say it's too short. Like I, that it definitely you can tell it came out before Lord of the Rings, um, or before Lord of the Rings normalized the idea of a three hour, if not you know theatrical release or extend. Like it could easily and probably should have been a three hour movie, it, especially the the second half of it is way too compressed. Um, which is not to say that it's bad or that it's confusing. It's just, I would have liked, and you could kind of tell that, um, you know, there was more to say and more to do more to show, but he just didn't have, I mean, it was like a two hour runtime. He did not have the space for it. Uh, yeah. Uh, also like this was the, you can, you can't, it's hard to tell these days, but like if you, it, the, the movie is old, right? It's like, pre-invasion of iraq despite it being a you pre-9-11 know, uh, which is like the you know the the big yeah but sorry go on uh it's well it's made pre-9-11 it was released like a month after i think or two months after 2001 right i think it was oh, 97 never mind yeah oh, no, well, no, yeah, nice, wow yeah yeah this movie's old forget how old this movie it's Jeez. fucking old yeah that's yeah. what i'm saying um in some ways it's more like so, an 80s action movie or it's definitely drawing on like 80s action movie tropes yeah well also the reason i think it's the second half so short is because it's so cgi intensive like this movie sure. is hyper expensive. Yeah. This movie looks yes. you, like this movie is. Um, I don't want to. Well, I want to. I had with that. This movie means to me and all that stuff. But just in terms of, like if there's a there's a scene in the uh, the outpost defense battle, which is like a very short battle, but there's a really important scene that or, or, or part of this scene where a bug. The bugs are all CGI. Um, they a bug gets shot. And falls into a physical bunch of like barrels and like just army crap in the base, and the barrels roll like physical prop barrels roll out, and like uh, a soldier has to like avo- avoid one and dodges one, and um, they're like so there's actual like giving a fuck in a way that current CGI products don't give a fuck like the. CGI interacting with the physical prop. The practical effects. Yeah, no, I, I noticed that as well. It, it was yeah. definitely... Um, Not all the explosions are fake. There are some real explosions interspersed with fake explosions. Um, there's a lot of, like... There's a lot of... It, this movie is a very weird mix of effort and, like, like very it's like hyper effort. Attention to detail. Doing like some innovative stuff for the time. Combined with, like, the director being very low effort. Like, you can tell the direct... Like, there More, are certain. Yeah, whenever know. anyone, yes. whenever anyone fires like a gun, you can see that like the director told them to like. I think they were given direction to fire the guns like poorly. If that makes sense. Well, there's like, no the recoil, recoil doesn't the, exist in there uh, in this universe or something. And they, and they and they don't aim down. There's no like barely. They don't aim down sights. Like there right. there's certain like weirdness that like it's yes. clearly a like a. Almost like intentionally poor. I, I think it, I, I, it, I got the sense it was like essentially what he was doing was it was a comic book, 
Um, I got that very much from like the kind of elaborate, over the top, violent death scenes, which normally I really don't like. I I really I can't watch horror movies. I actually like psychological horror movies, but you know, the horror movies as a genre, I can't stand because I just don't. I don't see. It just viscerally revolts me um, to see just you know like torture porn. Um, but this like and and uh, I think Verhoeven has does a similar thing with actually I also want to do this uh, same thing with RoboCop which very similar I never saw I haven't sat down and watched RoboCop what? I know I know that's what I'm saying we gotta we gotta do that too but um, I mean of course I've seen are you Jesus well, <laughs> well uh, one of a certain age and anyway it's it's I was like again yes way the peak too young. age to watch all of these films <laughs> I'm, well, I'm a zoomer I this. this shit we're, we're gonna rectify yeah. this well you grew up with like all this shit on home video and easily accessible over the internet for me it was like I, there was no way for me to, to to watch it you know for until much later in life and and then I was just doing other stuff for a while anyway um, yeah like the violence in RoboCop because um, obviously I, it's not like I have I would say that I've I've seen it I just haven't watched it or, or vice versa or however you want to put it. Um, doesn't it's a very similar thing where it's just kind of comic book cartoon violence. It's just with human actors and, and practical effects and some CGI too, I guess. But um, yeah, it didn't. It didn't like it didn't turn my stomach. It was more just like, oh yeah, he's he's basically just doing a comic book with live actors. Um, and I think that was that was very much intentional. And, and I saw the kind of yes, obviously sort of incorrect weapon stuff. Uh, or to some, to some, uh, yeah, particularly with the rifles, I, I noticed. So there's like, that, but there's also like I, I think it's when I read somebody's ons. Like I, the reason I think it's intentional, like laziness, or whatever you want to call it, is in the background. Everyone's really cares. Like you'll yes. see guys reloading, like relo- like in the background of scenes, like battle scenes, you'll see a guy reloading a machine gun, like popping the tray, messing with bullets, like things that are you don't see in other in like in like real war films, you know, like. I feel like everyone, like, I really get the sense that everyone, including, like, the writers and cinema, everyone except Verhoeven, like, loved Star Trek Troopers <laughs> and wanted to make a really good thing. And he had this Certainly vision. the writer, yeah, uh, for, um, like, the script was, I was, I was, I was taking, I was floored how good the script, I, I was expecting that it was, um, I don't know, not going to be, it, it did a great job of being extremely faithful to the source material, but also, you know, meeting the needs of a um two-hour hollywood movie and um i was particularly taken how um because i don't think it was a line in the original i mean i know it's obviously a very famous line in the original where the teacher says you know come on you apes you want to live forever like this you know famous world war one uh line attributed to an anonymous sergeant but when johnny rico repeats it at the end um was it was a great touch that uh to me was like okay i don't think that heinlein had Rico say that when he you know took the mantle of um company commander or whatever so it it tells me like yes the writer is like you know doing thematic repetition he's also identifying you know the major themes and really zeroing in on a particular line that has a particular salience for war enjoyers right uh yeah uh so no I like I like that. I like the aspects of it. I think the biggest theme that actually is under some of the Twitter threads guys on the right wing guys on Twitter have kind of made a thing about it. But the the movie gets more into like, um, like charting this how this humans and bugs are like similar. Yes. Like they're beca- they're beca- and like it's yes. very it's 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 subtle. All the like the the media literacy enjoyers who say <laughs> it's satire and if I don't ever bring this up, how like the 
the bugs and the humans become become more like each other and are like the first like the cat the, the Kathleen do assault the humans behave in a very bug-like manner uh initially right with the big mass like soviet swarm, style yeah, assault yeah swarming and they get wrecked and then they learn and then the humans are playing more defensively and then the bug like everyone's getting like constantly smarter and trying to do like trying to like every, every both sides improve uh and, but the human, but then they get more like I don't know, human-like as they go on, right? Like the bugs are humanized, and so are the humans as the conflict goes on. But uh, to, to me, human humanization because that that's not an aspect in the book. Um, the book is much more. Uh, it's it's about humans. The book is like right. the bugs are like a tertiary faceless, thing, yeah, almost. Right. Yeah, not even faceless. Um, I mean, yeah, sort of not even right. Yeah, and uh, but the the. But like, so in terms of what this book means to me, because I've like, I read this book in eighth grade. I had heard about it. Uh, I got it at a used bookshop alongside. I, I I had to read John Stakely's Armor, which is comparable, a different, very different book. Oh but yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. comparable in the it's it's bone. It's clearly inspired. Yeah. Um. The the, the three like uh, armor books you can call them, or like power armor books, are Armor by John Stakely, Star Troopers, and um. Uh, what's the Vietnam one? Uh, the old man, the old man, old man's war. Yeah, old man's war. Oh right, the, yes, yeah, yeah. And then John Scalzi um, did uh, like the young man's war or whatever was like sort of sending it up. Yeah, yeah. But um, those three books, I so I had to read Armor for for school, and over the summer, and I had like Googled it like, is this any good? And they were it was like in this kind of trilogy of like that era's great sci-fi with Star Troopers, and uh old man's war and i was like oh great I'll, I'll get all three of these but I, was, I was at a used bookstore um before the fall this is like i was i was this was way before like the fall of the used bookstore where now it's all like ladies like stroke stuff so you could still get like cool old sci-fi for like two dollars so i bought all three books and uh obviously armor and armor is good um it's just not great i don't think and old man's war is like really right wing like the most right wing book i think of these three actually if that makes sense like in a like a right wing like a very it's a very reactionary book well that's why in a lot Scalzi of ways. targeted it for yeah you know, libtard inversion yes and then this book is not a right wing book it's it's a third positionist book it, it well and not, i don't know i mean impacts are, me sure sorry go on i was going to say real quick it, on that note it's like the if anything, the book is more kind of libtarded on race than the movie, because um, the. So I disagree with this. Okay, but I'm going to come back to that. I want to. I want to finish, finish my, thought, my personal story. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so I've read this book in eighth grade, and then every year or other year for the rest of my life until I had like already like kind of gone to combat and did the thing. I've stopped reading it. Like I, I haven't read it in. A few years now, because I like already did the thing. Yeah, you, you did. Know, like you, you whatever were, you, you did the Johnny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I read this book basically yearly or every other year. Um, for most of my like formative, the most the most formative parts of my life. For the audience, and, I, I don't uh, think I, I, I can edit this out if it's an issue. But I, I sh- uh, just want to say, like, uh, you know, I mean, you deliberately it was like a deliberate thing of like you saw it as a kind of moral responsibility, not so much to fight for Zog, but at like 
this kind of ideal of citizenship. Yeah, yeah. And... like this, this, this predated red pill stuff, right? Like, yeah, it's it, it is both like part of, but predating like, you know, however the red pill thing works, right? Like, I was not a, I did not, you know, come from the womb fully formed how I currently am, right? But this was very much a part of that part of that uh, goal and like realizing that things like citizenship aren't for everybody, you know, that's a major red pill in and of itself. Right. That like, absolutely. No, nowhere else on earth teaches that, but the book, this book, there's no other book that like is socially acceptable in any way that declares like full throatedly that citizenship is not for everybody. Not everyone is equal or had and deserves to be equal. That's an important thing uh, that I think was part of my uh, development. And, uh, you know, the rest, the rest of it, you know, duties to society and, and you know, the moral right to, like, what you know, what a voting is violence and stuff, things like that. These are important things. And uh, Heinlein is a libertarian, um, actually. Yes. But this book, in, in the way that, like, you know, as we all kind of, a lot of people in this thing know, libertarianism uh, destroys certain, like, sacred cows in the current you know, liberal system. That allows for more greater truths, even if like people stay on like a libertarian track, the the greater truths of like, you know that that libertarian libertarian like creates space to develop these ideas in a more uh, you know nationalistic, fascistic. I mean, well, uh, yeah, the libertarian way. to national socialist and also pipeline this, is a very frankly very real yeah. thing. We we've this and just recently sorry real quick we saw yeah. like Thomas Massey who's like the only well I guess uh, also Rand Paul but he's one of the one of two or three genuine ideological libertarians in the U.S. Congress. Just the other day on Twitter was like, we shouldn't allow, should we, should we allow, he had a poll, should we allow dual citizens to serve in Congress? Um, which is like, you know, for, I, I don't know if he was deliberately doing that as like a, um, a troll of obviously is, Israeli dual citizens. But um, he's, you know, said a, it, it's very clear. The way, and we also had, what was it, Hans Hermann Hopp the other day coming out against Walter Block and pointing out just how essentially Zionism is incompatible with libertarianism. Okay, that's not the same thing as a positive national socialist argument or a positive fascist argument, but come on. I mean, we're getting, you know, the, 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 the um, ideological kind of trajectory here is very clear. Uh, yeah, for sure. And But the other thing is, uh, it, the movie, no, no other work, I actually need to read Leon de Grel's Hitler Democrat because I think it goes into a similar thing. But a lot of people understand this but this book really is the only book that ever lays out how fascism is actually is actually democratic, like yes. democratic in the in the idealistic set, like in the sense the, of like the, literally, it's the people who have the yes, the power, it, the kratos, is, right, is yes. held by the demos. The expression of the people's will should be like it is actually expressed via the system more effectively than like my votes and my you know whatever. Like, voting for oligarchs is retarded and gay. Um, and I don't do it. Like that's the that's that's one of the what you feel about like real life ironies. Like I joined the military to defend my like right to vote, like morally in my own head that I was given when I turned eighteen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And now I don't use that right because I understand <laughs> it to be like you know pointless at a very systemic level. Um, but yes, yeah, so the, the best book is covers. I think those are the two big takeaways and. Now, because you mentioned the race thing, that like the book is there is a you've read, have you read, you've read the book, right? Yes, yes. So uh, the book is older than both Armor. It's it it feels like it's written in the seventies because mm -hmm. it's like with those two books, it's written in the sixties, right? Or like I think early like 60s? the late fifties. I don't. I have yeah, to late fifties. It's very old. Yeah. 
Uh, so in the because I saw people on there's actually a bang thread crying about this, and uh, that's actually so like oh well Johnny Rico is actually a Filipino in the book right he speaks Tagalog yes that's the, like the big reveal at the end is him and all his friends are but that Tagalog is not Filipinos. actually a that was not a like trolled you Lamau he's actually brown um thing. That was a side. That's a like. I understand why you would see that now because that's how it would work if it was made to, written today. But this is a golden age of sci-fi book. Published Asimov, 19, Clark. published nineteen fifty nine, by the way, and was obviously yeah. written prior to that. So, although Pyman so, turned him out pretty quick, but yeah, Asimov, Clark, golden age, right? Your ABCs. Um, these are like this in this era of sci-fi. Um, pro- probably because it's like pre pre desegregation honestly this there was a there were like every sci-fi even the soviet stuff from the same period um has this view of society where via capitalism or technology or communism or whatever ideology in this Highlands case it, it's like this kind of we'll call it like military state democracy thing um which you can just call fascism if in, in hell divers not. they call it managed democracy which i'm like kind of like i can, that's a, I can live that's with actually, that <laughs> we but that's funny because that's what they that's what they call it america now like I don't in know germany they, like the, oh do they call is that I, what they is they call they, they call yes that uh mil, they call it militant democracy or managed democracy are the terms for like interesting the democracy like when when the state takes actions to defend its state ideology of democracy like call it karl popperism Gets called both of those things. <laughs> like, actually, you know, we're not, we're not, actually, you can't have another ideology. That, that means that, actually, you know, um, which I think might be a, which, although, is pretty smart, is pretty smart. So, cause they call it super democracy too, right? That's like a, as a, they call it super earth. I'd have to double check if they call it super democracy, but they, um, they, but they, they, they talk about spreading managed democracy throughout the galaxy, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But the, yeah, Hell Eye is being more on the nose, like, oh, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. You have to. Well, we, but anyway, what, I want to talk about Golden Age sci fi. Yeah, later. These, these ideologies and technology and pr- progress. Um, and there, there's a touch of eugenics in this still. Um, eugenics was never, this is pre The Holocaust wasn't until 1968. <laughs> oh, um, more like the 70s. I mean, really, it was the Holocaust was invented in, in, after the Vietnam War. Is a way to justify yeah. retro, like we're actually the good guys because look at what the Germans did. Yes, so the Holocaust didn't exist at this time, right? And so eugenics was still like it was it was not as hot as it had been, but it was still there. And the theory was, along with space flight and genetic engineering, which is like gene- this is where also where genetic engineering became a thing. Like they were studying, people were studying genetics to get smart. It wasn't eugenics and like breeding, but the idea of like gene editing to be big IQs was, like, very much around. Like, uh, cl- cl- if you ever read the rest of, um, uh, what is it, 2001, like, that whole series, it gets oh, very yeah. aggressive. Oh, yeah, later on it gets very, yes, yes. Um, the aggressive the sequels, and yeah, it's very gene much. editing, mm-hmm. like, turning yourself via gene editing into... Star Child into, and all this kind of stuff, yeah. Yes, or, um, like, I wanted to say shit. on that note, uh, but you, you So read, everyone sorry, on, under this home. paradigm is white. Under the paradigm of in the future, in this in this thing, everyone was white. The idea was like, oh, in the future, we're all white. Look at this. You mean like, like Star Utopia. Trek? Everyone is white, or like literally they're speaking Tagalog, but they're ethnic. They're ethnically, literally, genetically look like they were born in Europe. I uh, I don't think it matters, but I do think <laughs> it like. 
I think everyone is like pr- pretty much like the whitest aspects of like so like if you imagine your your very pale pale blue eyed Filipinos who speak Tagalog like that is the aspect of the culture that was pushed for you know like sure you have your 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 most palest red haired <laughs> Persians are the, are your Iranians you know, like like the the sure. best examples of these cultures. Yeah. Well, uh, I, okay, forward. so on this note, because this did strike me in the movie, and, and then it reminded me of something you were talking earlier as far as the um, the movie script um, drawing out the parallels between the human society and, and bug society. Reproduct- reproduction is a huge issue in, in the film. I don't remember it. No, it's right. not. This is actually like, some, I, I, I had this all right. big okay, point. All right. <laughs> this shit is fucking retarded. This is why I say this movie is not like, things that like my major knocks so this movie is better as a series of shorts because it's not actually coherent well it's not a theme okay it's not a, what i mean no is, no it's, there, it's, 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 a, a, it's a deliberate it's a theme, hole, it, or right. no it's not it's a fuck up yes there's because this, human the whole this thing line is like the bugs are out reproducing us yes yeah. sorry go on i think we're, we're on the same page but maybe looking yes. at it it's like there's a line like, in the movie that you have to be a citizen to have kids right? yes it's very yes. that's the one well they're going around asking one of the characters is going around asking so why did you join up and one of the female soldiers says so that I could have kids. Or it's easier to get a license to have kids if you're a citizen. Which, like, as a matter of policy, like, that sounds great. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, wow. No, but also <laughs> that's retarded because, no, it's never, like... It's never going to work, but, you know... No, a, of, the, of the characters involved, it's none of them... It's almost explicit. It's never, like, laid out, but of the th- main uh, Buenos Aires, I guess we can call them, because it's sure. a funny thing to call them. Of the Buenos Aries, like, the four main... The, the, or the three or four kids... None of them, none of their parents are citizens. Right, right. Like, at Even no rich, point... John Rico's parents no are one super wealthy rich, libtards. Yes. Like, He's and, got a spot and, in Harvard, yeah. and, like, you know... And they're not citizens, it's, yeah. It's never, ever mentioned that anyone's parents were in the military. Right. Uh, explicitly. Like, no one's... Which is a weird... Usually, every war movie has that as a trope. Like, oh, my dad's a colonel, and whatever, whatever. That's why I'm here. Hell, in the real military, you see that a lot. Like, I think oh, there's you know, also my... a, a thematic disconnect in that, like, because they, they comment a couple times on how quickly the bugs reproduce. And when they're in school, bio- high school, you know, biology class, they talk about the bugs reproduction and all this. Kind of, so it's obviously kind of, you know, it, it, talking about, like, yes, bug reproduction is a way of talking about human reproduction. Um, but the thing is, it's like, you know, when, when later on in the film, when a, when a character remarks, um, oh, you know, they're out reproducing us, it's like, Okay, well, that's a kind of implicit argument against, um, you know, one-child policy or whatever it is. You know, the only citizens can breed or, or something like this. Um, which, which again, it's not to say like obviously I think it should it should go without saying that as a general matter, eugenic policy is a good idea. As if you're if a population is not in eugenesis, definitionally it's in dysgenesis, right? So like eugenics are is just a it's a moral requirement for a functional society. Um, now how you go about doing that is, you know, that that's a different question. Um, but yeah, there, there was a, I think a, a thematic disconnect between like, uh, it's at some level, if the issue is that there aren't enough humans, like making enough or that the bugs are out reproducing us, then making more humans seems like a natural and, and, you know, just a response. No, to it's, that, right? it's, it's a really stupid insert to do like the license that kids thing because it, it it's just, you know, I think it's literally just bad writing. It's a, yeah. Verhoeven wanted some more fascism in this scene, so he added some fascism with the scene with the tits. Like, it's whatever. The, um, what does, like, what do numbers even mean in the context of both That's the other explicitly all-volunteer yeah. army right. and like, planet-wiping battles? Like, like if you wipe the enemy species from the planet, 
Like, it doesn't matter what their birth rate was, right? Like, if right. you lose a battle and every human's wiped from the planet, it doesn't matter what the or how old they relative... were or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. like, the, like the, it's very stupid. Well, I, I really the kids, hate like, that So there line. were two. There were two the, scenes the, that had like there was one. There was like an advertisement, you know, the, one of these tongue-in-cheek advertisements for the military where they're hanging, hang, handing out, uh, you know, battle rifles to like 12 year olds and the 12 years are like, Ooh, cool. Which like, duh. I mean that, you know, it's like, okay, I, obviously he's a, he's doing, he's playing on like libtard ideas about the inappropriateness of, of kids handling firearms. But honestly, those kids were pretty like, it, it was just, I, that was strictly a matter of Verhoeven's um, cultural prejudices because there was, you know, he was trying to make it look weird, but it actually just looked kind of based. But then in one of the, you know, one of the final scenes where they're um, getting these new recruits and they look like, well, that, that was the other thing I guess we could, we could talk about. So the new recruits are visibly young teenagers, um, which it's the characters are supposed, you know, Rico and his friends are supposed to be fresh out of high school graduates, but they all look like, which they were at the time, like they're in their 20s. Like they, they, in no way are these characters convincing as like 17 or 18 year olds at any point, um, just visually. So that, oh, yeah. that they're 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 Buenos Aryans, right? Like they're <laughs> I guess, yeah. I mean... They're extremely Aryan looking, yeah. you know. <laughs> oh, is yeah. that what you were yeah, was... get your joke and yeah. such so that, that's funny. Yeah. yeah. That's uh, good. Strong jaws in Buenos Aires. <laughs> uh Oh, that was yeah, and his his hair is always like perfectly coiffed and every I was like there's a I get what you're doing at a certain level and and I do appreciate having the, you know, Aryan Ubermensch archetype. Well, the, but Getting like, into this white, where, the where hair it's was not distracting. A, like, it was I, like... I, so Casper Van Dien, uh, who I like, who isn't enough, isn't in enough movies. He clearly, actually, I'm gonna say, no one really like. If, if you're gonna do like the Verhoeven, it's you know it's a satire, media literacy. None of the actors knew because he's fucking selling it to the nines. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like I'm from Buenos Aires and I say kill them all. So the, he, he like. There is not a touch of like hesitancy or like you know like oh I'm there's no like uh, there's no faggoty nuance in that in that quote. That's right? it, <laughs> it's strictly a BTO of the journal. So to, so to rewind this thing because I hadn't yeah. this was a part that I hadn't like seen in this way. Um, the, the 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 way that that scene works is the journalist is a libtard, which like also side note the most based part of this film is not the uniforms, it's how Verhoeven just shits on journalists and the voyeurism of the camera. Like uh, you know the movie opens famously with the you know the the journalist reporting and then he gets killed. Uh, then which I had seen that scene, I hadn't seen the full later scene when he like when, when we're do, you know after the rewind and we go back and now we're doing the invasion of Glendathu. So the journalist who's reporting on the battle, who I believe is the same journalist in the I Say Kill Em All scene, um, he gets, like, grabbed up by one of the bugs. And as he's being, like, cut in half by the mandibles of this alien, the, the his, cameraman, his cameraman, like, points up the camera like, ooh, I'm going to get this great shot of this dude getting cut in half. Um, and then, of course, the cameraman also gets killed. Uh but I, I was I was struck by like okay, this is I don't I don't think this is a scene that's in the book, and there is no um, script here. Like the cameraman who's pointing his camera up at the bug doesn't get any lines. So this is like Verhoeven himself, the man, like directing a sequence where he's essentially making fun of the proclivity of journalists to do like 
the you know the 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 correspondent in the middle of the hurricane like getting getting shit on by ra- like it's it's there was some of that but i think also he was doing like a goebbels thing like he's like okay mate yeah we're in there we're in their shitty country and i'm like he's like as they're losing the battle like attacking like the morality of the bugs and their shitty country like like i think they were doing some like press cuz he he's doing full throated propaganda at this point right like it's a we're on the planet and it's a bad planet that's for bad true. yeah a that's, bad race but i, I was really like, struck i was really struck though by the um they're doing by, more things than one at a time for sure yes. like they're doing more yes of, yeah. and then and then to go back to what you were talking about before with the you know i'm from buenos aires i say kill them all like the so the journalist is a libtard and he's trying to do a nuance right and which is like another thing oh yeah there was and there was like a, a an early, another scene where there's like a literal like bow tied conservative doing like like it's george w bush post 911 stuff just before 911 um as far as we know the, the bugs think are you crazy these bugs don't think you know um kind of kind of kind of stuff and it's being played for laughs so the journalist is doing the libtard like well maybe we should try to understand them you know maybe we don't need to fight this war and 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 johnny's like Fuck you, you stupid fucking libtard journalist. Get the fuck out of here, right? I say kill them all. And everybody cheers. There's no irony. There's no... I guess the, the, the cameraman kind of looks... Or sorry, the journalist kind of looks at, at, at Verhoeven's camera. But he doesn't, like, say anything. It's very clear. I mean, there's no... There's no censure which there's any kind of implication of... There's anything wrong with, with Rico's perspective. It's literally just rah, rah, yeah, let's fucking kill them all. Well, yeah, that's the danger when when uh, libtards try to do this thing where they like you're fighting literal aliens, you know, like <laughs> and that was so many. Of no, the no, like were li- literally identifying with the bugs. They're like, oh, the bugs are you know, look at these bugs. They they didn't do anything wrong. Like they're know. just like 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 I I am not <laughs> On like Twitter, a, I mean, yeah. I was never a fire breathing like Arab hater at any point because mm-hmm. I was just too young. I was alive for I love it, but it wasn't like. I wasn't enough to get, like, juiced about it. I was sad, not angry, right? Like, that's how old I was, right? It was like, mm. oh, that's very sad. Like, but even, like, I didn't cry. I didn't cry tears over it. I was just too young. Um, the, the kind of incoherent, like, murder them all thing makes, is, like, obviously, like, more morally troubling when it's, like, actually. With humans, yeah. With humans, and also it's Jews running the system, so they're going to actually yeah. import a bunch of those Arabs into your country, while to like to subvert your kill them all rage, the government, even in like Paul Verhoeven's ver- version of this system, is not like importing bug like guest yeah. neighbors to Earth. Like I'm sorry, it's not happening. Like There's no bugs like, opening actually, a kebab shop in uh, Berlin. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just it's no. They're going to kill them all. Like you, like killing them all is actually more moral than what happened in a lot of ways. <laughs> like yeah. you know, like and like or like well, it wasn't more. It would be, it would be obviously nuking like Middle East. It would be evil, but like. Oh, subverting that yeah. energy to achieve like your bizarre like Jewish racial ends is like really fucked up and like unsettling in a way that kill them all is not like I was old enough to I was doing nuance I was and I like Mike uh, Enoch you know I I was that was very much sort of my entry point into this politics was essentially having a kind of bougie priors bougie cultural background but all you know which combined with opposition to the Iraq War led me to where I am in, in, in many ways. But as opposed to, as I always was to the Iraq war, it, always, it pretty much always struck me as like, I, I, and I was, I was, re, I was viscerally revolted by, yeah, that kind of, you know, gl- glass, the middle East kind of rhetoric. I was upset about nine. I was, I was, you know, I'm a little older than you and I, I was upset about nine 11 and I thought it was totally justified to, to go into Afghanistan. I didn't understand at the time, like 
you know, all of this stuff about the uh, Mossad involvement and all this. I was just, but to me, you know, taking it as a kind of surface level thing, it was very clear, like, okay, well, you planned and executed this operation that killed thousands of, of my people. Like you, I'm sorry, but you know, this demands a response. Um, and then when, and then with the, with the whole Iraq WMDs thing, it was like, this is just retarded. Like, how does anyone take this seriously? This has no connection whatsoever to the nine 11. Um, and yeah, so it was. It's a, it's interesting also that I think the um, the 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 bug planets are like desert planets, but the whole movie takes place before nine eleven. I don't know how much of that is because I don't I don't think they were described explicitly as as desert environments in the book. Book were they again? It's been it's been decades since I read it. So they're not really just. So the the skinny planet, which is like the third race, it actually kind of it's a that's where Kylan's doing some more like. Politi- politics as warfare because like the skinnies are the skinnies are on side with the bugs and then the humans raid their territory and make it clear like you're going to be on our side actually because they do like psych- they were like they do, mercenaries like, uh, they, right the skinnies as i recall it's it's kind of fuzzy like yeah that's probably or like or trading with them or something like there was something going on where the skinnies and the bugs had some kind of understanding, and the They're humans like Italy were like, in the, in, in the world yeah, wars. the humans were there to <laughs> like doing. They were like raiding them and fucking up their stuff, to like doing politics by other means or you know warfare. It was it was, it was, it was, like a, it was a pretty brief aside for some Klaus Witzian stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, also, the humans at that point are very weak in the war. Like it's like all they can do is raids. So like raids against the skinnies are better than raids against the bugs. Mm. But the bugs are an underground species in the book. It's never really mentioned what they're Yeah, what they're like the top of the the surface environments of the planet. The one like, planet yeah. they go to seems like it's pretty clear. Like they're jumping around hills and valleys and field the mm. plains, but like so but like it could be, you know, but yeah, they're very much an underground species. Well the 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 um the movie then was also all the more striking so our, sorry, go on. Go uh, on. He, they def the the Super Pirate definitely has definitely red armor, for sure because the scene with like the outpost defense is straight out of armor. Mm-hmm. Armor has a scene where it's basically like what are the human tactic? Because it's a very similar similar thing with like fighting the bugs. There's a human tactic which is like we set up these like bastions on these planets in places where they can't tunnel under us and like just supply them with enough ammunition and troops to like break them until like the the bugs run out of bugs. Um, in like the very like, square, like just machine guns everywhere around them, kind of things, and that, that's clearly referencing us. That and that book, I think, says more clearly that it, they're more deserty planets because that because these that those all three of these books have like kind of uh, influenced each other and portrayals of each other, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, I think I think that's where that scene comes out of. It's coming out of armor, it, not the, the reason papers. I mention it is because it it seems almost like an anachronism, like it's. It's the kind of it's the kind of thing where if it had come out after nine eleven, it would obviously be a heavy handed metaphor for the Middle East. But because it came out prior to nine eleven, it's almost just like it's just like scenery that works for the demands of the movie. You know, like I said, I was like literally a year old when this movie came out. But the uh, I do know there was, like the Middle East was kind of the default like bullshit war there, place yeah you know? there was an understanding like, for sure and, and it's well, not, well yeah. let's look at lebanon black hawk down like these things right. had already happened right like the middle east was like where you did pointless war so i, I can see also it's uh cheap to film in california right. in, in the desert too like i think that's the main like, thing that's what i'm saying is like it almost comes across yeah. more as like a practical consideration than an ideological one in any way 
Yeah. Well, it's, well, it's easier to film because it doesn't, it doesn't rain. There's no like weather to deal with, so lighting's always good. You know. And every you're right under the studio. Yeah, people underrate how like hard it is to film in a forest because if you're filming a scene for five hours, the sun will move around so much that like the shadows are dramatically different. Like you actually get continuity errors. Trying to f- filming in a forest is a big pain in the ass because the sun moves faster than you think mm. if you're shooting a scene over and over again. You know, for many hours straight. Uh, people, if you don't like hang out in forests a lot, you don't in like one spot, which is kind of a rare thing to do unless you're like in the military, or you really or like hunting. filming a movie. Yeah. You, you don't realize how much, like, if you're sitting in the shade, like, the shade moves, and that creates, like, lighting issues and continuity. The, the desert is a great place to film, so. Mm. Although it never rains. Mm. Um, yeah, what were you talking about? I was oh, trying yeah, to remember. The, the, I was like, where were we? But uh, uh, there also is, like, I think you, you mentioned, like, the Dixie scene. Yes, I <laughs> that was a scene that I hadn't. Uh... That's actually uh, Jake Busey playing that on a violin, too. Really? Like the in, actor actually learned the that's amazing. how to play Dixie. So yeah, um, yeah. I was I, at first I, I, mean, I was just sort of like, oh, they, and of course he takes out a, um, you know, it's it's a space violin, so it has to be made yeah. out of green plastic. But then uh, you know they start dancing. Like, oh, this is fun. I'm like, wait a second, they're that's fucking Dixie. Like, I, that's quite uh, heavy. I mean, it sounded great. That was the other thing about um, uh, the rendition of Dixie in that scene was. It's it very a, sad, and then speeds up as the scene. Yeah, speeds, like as thing as as the scene is sad, it's slow. As it's, as the scene gets like more optimistic it gets more optimistic and 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 just very well like like musically very well done yeah. i was i was um quite impressed with, with it's not the kind of that's a, a touch that i don't think you would see i mean just to go through the effort I, first of all to have well the also this is where i verhoven is a fucking euro trash fucking <laughs> drooling retard because it's like it's supposed to be a subtly dark scene like oh it's like playing a uh, horse wessel lead or whatever like it's they're playing the evil song but it's like sad and poignant but they're actually evil and everyone in america's like oh that's dixie sweet <laughs> like because you're he's a euro trash retard doesn't understand it. he really like he makes like good movies because he he works hard i think that's a lot of it his like secret is he puts a lot of effort into them but like he's not american and it really it really kind of hurts what he's trying what he's trying to do now that because what he's trying to do is retarded it makes the movie better like his <laughs> he, he is not smart enough or ancient with america enough to like sabotage what he wants to sabotage to make his shit shitty and liberal so it actually works again but like the idea no american from this time or even now is like actually offended no one is actually offended or scared by dixie not even like mulatto jewesses actually get like yeah no, it's just Everyone, a like, fun I, song like there's no it's, it's not like threatening or something it's just yeah. Yeah, dixie the, is like it's as they say straight fire like i don't yeah. use like it's like it's awesome like who doesn't love dixie like get, like get over it like like everyone, you if you hear like a bar, people just start grinning when they hear Dixie. You know, yeah, it's a thing. Like if you ever hear a car horn that's like Dixie. <laughs> everyone like hears it, and they just like crack a smile, and like it's how it is. I'm sorry, it's it's, like, it's not scary. Yeah, the idea was it's supposed to be somehow ominous or or, or whatever. This you know, an, an indication of this fascist society being bad. You know, because it's, like, it's like nah. But they cool, just, cool music though for the great scene. I also wanted uh, I uh, the um, the fight scene between. Uh, Rico and his, uh, uh, you know, what do you want to call it? his um, rival for the affections of uh, absolutely stunningly beautiful Xander. Denise Xander, yeah, Z- Xander, a great name for like a handsomer rival than you, right? Uh, um, and Xander, but the, but the Mazzy Star, you know, fade into you during during their fist fight uh, was. I was like, this is gold. This is that's a, it's just perfect. I, I, um, 
Yeah, there were all these all these beautiful little touches. Um, I had no idea that was a. I just thought it was like that. So I never. I, I don't. I like that's an age gap. I don't know what the fuck Matthew Star was. I just, oh, it's, like, yeah, that's a, yeah. It's, it's just a, it's, it's a like cool femoid kind of. It, it was just it's yeah. It doesn't really. I guess the, the, that is definitely an, an, an age gap kind of thing. Um, but just the incongruence, I guess, of like it's this kind of slow romantic ballad um, as they're as they're exchanging blows was was quite quite good. Um, and then yeah, I'll, on, on a similar note, in terms of also the, there's a big, there's a yeah. there's a big subversion in that scene that I like, where it's like oh you know they're talking shit he, like enlisted is talking shit to an officer, and he's like oh I won't punch an officer, and the officer and the officer says well like, ignore rank, and usually that that means like whatever they just yell more or just talk more. As soon as he says like like disregard rank, he gets punched. In the yeah, he's face. like, what are you gonna do about like, it? And he fucking turns around. <laughs> and gets, yeah, yeah it's great. <laughs> like so, yeah, uh, it, it's that that's almost never happens in like. War films, IRL, but like it's yeah. like, or no, that never happens IRL. People, yeah. people, no one actually ever says to disregard rank IRL because people who are have rank really enjoy having rank. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was a great subversion of like, well, disregard ranks, do what you want to do, and then just gets rocked. <laughs> I was thinking about actually. Great. There's a recent thread by um, longtime member of our member of the community, and uh, uh, he's been a guest on the Third Rail, Mr. X. Um, who uh, uh, was in the Marines, uh, I guess I should say, is a Marine, says he noticed on Twitter that the, uh, he got a, a page 11 disciplinary proceedings because he um, asked a staff sergeant to step out into the parking lot for an extended discussion of the limits of his authority. Um, someone noticed everybody hated him, of course, and Mr. X continues, of course, he was, because he was the kind of shit staff sergeant who ran and cut paper instead of beating your ass. And, um, yeah, I think this, uh, you know, there, there was a time where, you know, boxing rings were just standard features of military bases. Right. And, uh, yeah. And the the death, that is one thing that has been basically totally removed, um, in any way. Famously, the German, the Wehrmacht has their, um, famous fitness manual, which you can purchase from Antelope Hill, uh, you know, who friend of the show. The Wehrmacht has their like fitness stuff, their fitness manual, their exercise routines. The Waffen SS took a very different tact with fitness and replaced pretty much all physical training with just boxing. Yeah, I mean, and that was not, <laughs> and that was not like a that was that sounds like oh hyper based. It is hyper based, but it wasn't like uh, unheard of at the time. Like a lot of physical training was boxing or wrestling or some kind of like uh, athletic combative type thing, uh, and that's pretty much totally gone it's been f- what combatives there are are formalized into like very specialized training you have to, like even some of it's even like opt-in you have to opt into combative training sometimes um it's uh it's it's pretty much gone and so is the uh well that's the problem is that fighting in the military uh or fighting like people having of other ranks going to leave to like to fight each other and like settle differences um it doesn't really quite always work because sometimes the person who's in the wrong is good at fighting. You know, like there are flaws with that system. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is better than the like, like to the point where you know, I don't know. The military discipline is all fucked up because you can get paperwork that isn't that is just paperwork. It doesn't actually affect you in any way. Um, like. Uh, Except for the Marines, where like the Marines are kind of a unique case where paperwork can actually can fuck your career up because like it's so 
uh, competitive on certain things, like uh, yeah, so promotions Mr. and stuff. Mr. X knows he did make Corporal on time, supposedly. He's yeah, like, but so, you but it can yeah. it can fuck you up. Uh, the biggest thing is like, but but a lot of like in the army, uh, counseling is like fuck you, like counsel me. It's called a counseling, you know, paperwork. Um, so you know, it, it is creates the kind of breakdown discipline stuff. But uh, I don't I don't, don't want to get too deep into it, but like that aspect of like the modern military, we've done a lot of modern military posting. But yes, the discipline system is one of the one things that is fucked up, and it was historically backstopped by like. You know, we could. What if we just did violence and like kind of had this out? But uh, now it's that's not really an option anymore for a lot of reasons. Uh, well, I do notably think it would do is a, the sorry, increased softerness of se- senior enlisted guys. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like uh, the enlisted the senior enlisted staff sergeants sort of would be well, sort of staff sergeant would be able to beat your ass, right? Or at least it'd be like they'd be the toughest, meanest guys in the unit. Is the idea? Yeah. Um, yeah, and, uh, it's, it's, it's not so much anymore, uh, for, I think, a number of reasons, but not that they're, like, all pathetic, it's just, like, people have gotten good at, uh, like, a lot of it, it's, like, things they know they couldn't control, like, if a guy does, like, jujitsu or boxing on the side, he's just gonna smash anybody who's just, like, a soldier, you know, just the way it is, and, uh, that stuff's gotten a lot more popular than it used to be, like, because a lot of, like, karate shit was actually bullshit, you know? Like, act, martial arts have improved so dramatically that, like, some shithead private who does a little jiu-jitsu, like, a couple times a week, is going to be able to choke every fucking, you know, senior NCO who wants to fight him. So, it's hard to, like, deal with these things in a lot of ways. Uh, but, like, it, also, you could just, like, you know, have a good system of military, like, discipline and order, you know, like, and not require these, like, like, the, the fight, the, the, the physical fights were a backstop that lasted, hard to tell when they started, because they were there when I was in, the, in, from, like, probably lasted from the end of the, uh, let's say, end of Vietnam until, because Vietnam is where military order kind of fell apart, and, like, a lot of ways, and, like, physical violence from people ahead of you in rank was there until 2015, and now it's just gone. But it was a backstop for, like, actually having a good, motivated, sincere, like, army. So, yeah, what you gonna do? Like, the, like it, it was... I'm glad it's gone because it, it means the military is even softer and more retarded and less of a problem for me as someone who hates the U.S. government, you know? So, sure, whatever. That makes sense. Um... Are we talking about? Oh yeah, Sergeant Troopers. Yeah, yeah. Sergeant... <laughs> well, the scene. Well, I mean, just the yeah, the fight scene. Yeah, like well, the which is notable. Scenes. I mean, you know, to spell it out, like I think the relevance is um, the portrayal of not a classless society, but one where social distinctions are a matter of honor and prestige, tied to martial prowess. More yeah. so than like, like it's it's very yeah. good that Xander like the, the Xander knows how to fight too. Yes, that like, was the, the it would have been a different movie or a different setting. Like the officer would have just had his ass beat by the enlisted guy because he was a namby pamby who didn't know how to fight. Yep, and uh, not so much. And then Xander also was like is personally heroic and courageous. Like he's never actually a bad guy. He's just like no a yeah. rival, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's, he's smart, kind of a you know. pre boy, but like it's not like yes, yeah. 
Um, and he's also a talented athlete. You know, they have the, the scene early on where, you know, Rico is the hometown hero yeah. for the local sports ball team. But Xander's also the same thing, just for a different local sports ball team. Right. And yeah. Yeah. And smarter than Rico because he placed into piloting rather than. Although I, I will say it's not so. This is the oh I hate this part. Of yeah, it. sorry. Okay, so let, let's talk about like you, so I because Rico's not dumb even though he scored thirty five percent on math right. Uh, book Rico and movie Rico are very different. Yeah. Uh. Um, movie Rico is uh. I think he's he's not dumb though. Like it's we like it's it's he's just like Neil Patrick Harris's like you know jock friend. I don't know. He's I guess they're just playing in the jock tropes a lot harder. But like the attending Harvard thing is like clearly a well. Okay, so I did want to talk because actually yeah. Spectre brought this up independently in our third rail group chat, and because um, he he and it was actually as I had just I was, I was like as I was watching, he was just reflecting on Starship Troopers as I was watching it. And he made this point of like it's 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 a weird incongruity in what is otherwise a very good film that um, Rico scores thirty five percent on his math exams, but he got into Harvard. And I was I was like, yeah, but the thing is, this is like you, you got to put yourself in Heinlein's mind because okay, yes, no, already, this is okay. This is uh, not in. It is not uh, in the book. Okay, yeah, that's okay. No. So then, in the book, the book is very clear that the the, the navy is the navy pilots are all female. Or vast well, majority living. all in the book too, but yeah, except for yeah, Xander, like they're saying. Uh, was Xander one, actually yeah. in the navy as a pilot, or was he, was he intelligent? He was an instructor. I wasn't. It wasn't clear. I don't think he ever got a formal. He was, he actually, was a piloting. Instructor I kind of pull the. the I kind of pull the quote because I think uh, the Carl quote is before they, intelligence, but I don't know. Yeah, maybe he's yeah, intelligent. But the too. quote before they the quote before they fight, he says something about like that. Military, like mobile infantry, aren't dumb enough to hit an officer, but he, he might say intelligence officer. He says like, uh, like I, gotta, I'm, I really want to find because it, it'll because he's not driving the, driving the plane when they're in the ship or the the the, the, the lander. You know, he's a uh, yeah, he's like no, just he's like second chair or whatever. He's just there. In yeah, the, in the whatever on the on the bridge in the shot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. Um. No, I guess they don't. Okay, I'm looking at the quote. It didn't say it's just, just they don't. They just he just says private and officer. They don't say like what he's an officer of. But yeah, in the book, I mean, Xander's not a character in the fucking uh, in the in book. The, in the book, yeah, yeah, I was. And then yes. uh, he he misses out on uh, piloting because of a, like a reflex issue. Like he's not. He doesn't have the okay. It's not a. It's not hand a, eye. It's like yeah. a hand eye thing. Interesting. Or, um, um, is doing all, all female navy, but not really. Like it's like most like our pilots, all pilots. Um, are female or or like have a major major advantage, and all the infantrymen are male. You know, as they were up until, like when I joined the infantry, they were all male, <laughs> and then <laughs> and then it changed while I was in, uh, which is a uh, whatever. But uh, like because infantry man, like the job is infantry man. It's, it's in the title. Right. Um. <laughs> but the uh, but uh yeah. So I guess he I guess he is a pilot or a, some kind of naval thing. But whatever, the uh, but yeah, no, the idea that he would be good at fighting. The book actually gets very deep into like because Rico becomes an officer in the book, not fight like a kind of a field promotion. Rico goes to officer officer school, like mm-hmm. very specifically. Like there's two, ex- there's two extended like school. Like there's like the initial part of the book is the 
uh, like the school, like the the what is it, morality, society, morality, what's it called, society, morality, or the the class, the class it's called. You remember talking about? Oh like yeah, I don't remember the society morality class something or something like that. Like that. Uh, or like moral morals and citizenship or something, whatever. That's like a very extended like uh, like lecture scene and like question, like kind of like very Socratic type thing where it's like mm-hmm. yes, a guy yes. giving a lesson to a questioner um, and owning him, right? But in a friendly like educational way. The, the scene repeats in, like, more granular detail when he goes to officer candidate school. Um, and it's, like, uh, he talks about, like, like the things that are more, like, objection, like, the less, like, why rank has privileges, like, why why certain things. Is, and it points out in, in a pretty insane and thing they probably, obviously, would put this movie because it would be, like, longer, so much longer. But in this book society... To become Sky Marshal, which is like yeah, it's president a leader or whatever, yeah, who is actually also in a weird system, which I think is interesting. Actively a member of the military, he's not actually a like he's a politician, yes, but he's still a member of the like. I think he's elected. It's it gets interesting there, like because like you you don't get to vote till you leave the military, but the Sky Marshal is an active member of the military. It seems mm. is that you have to attain the rank of general in the army. And also then leave into the Navy and attain the rank of Admiral to, like, qualify <laughs> yeah, for right, Sky Marshal. Which is, yeah. and both services, or I guess in the Army, it means you have to start, you have to start as a private <laughs> again. Um, which is, like, these things are, like, more, like, uh, post-World War II military fantasy stuff. Like, sure. soldiers, fantasy, when, when you had these massive armies, um, a lot of people, like, these big conscript armies of the Second World War and Korea that Heinlein, you know, kind of is reflecting on. There was like always this tension of like people who are actually smart are in the enlist are enlisted because of like the draft, and they're not all made into officers. These people are dumber officers and you know put in charge without having been enlisted. And the in the fantasy in Star Trek is that like actually to to be a infantry officer you have to have served as an enlisted person and been like kind of picked by your officer as you mm. have potential, which happens to Rico. Um, when he's a corporal, uh. And it, there's there's that it's, it's interesting. Um, well, I, I still, the, the, sorry, the, in the book, there's an we, I was I thought something important. I there's the there's the violence scene. Like I mentioned, like the the violence and like discipline via violence in the military. There's a very important scene in the book that describes how this works in a very idealized fashion, where Rico and a soldier he has an issue with go to fight. And Rico loses the fight. He gets his ass beat. And while he's like on the ground, like basically given, having given up, the guy makes him Rico. The guy makes Rico punch him in the face and give him black eye, so that like because he's still gonna like he he respected Rico that Rico fought him, and uh, you know even if he lost the fight, he's still gonna listen to Rico in the future because he like sees that the guy's serious. Because the issue was that Rico didn't like promote it over him, and he didn't know who this guy was, and he was had to and they had issues of the mission. That is a very idealized way of how, like, that the theoretically, oh, well, actually, the high-ranking person could lose the fight, but because the low-ranking person is so, like, honor-bound, he would not tell anyone that he beat the period, the guy above him, and, in fact, imply he lost the fight by having a black eye, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's not how, like, America does not have that level of, like, uh, abstraction and honor culture. The book gets into abstraction a lot, more so, like, the, 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 the movie's very direct. The book discusses how, like, uh, all these ideals are like things you have to consciously embrace as like 
abstractions like country or species even or nation like anything more than your family you have to like totally like or like you have to you have to choose like opt it's very about opting in the whole the whole um system in the, in the book is all about constantly opting in to more and more uh responsibility or pressure and you can always opt out right that's a very important thing in the in the book is the ability to opt out yeah the, pun the also, punishment of washing out is it's not necessary i mean it wasn't it wasn't any sense of like oh you're gonna go to jail or something it's the no, shame yeah. of being yeah. a washout but even even as he uh, goes up the chain and gets more responsibility you're always allowed to turn down promotions and ocs he wouldn't be kicked out of the army he would just be he failed he would be sent back to just being a being a corporal again or, or a sergeant um because he, he takes ocs and instead of going to sergeant school um and like so there's always like he's always opting into greater and greater uh you know authority and influence but and challenge and like hardship but he's always opting in and there's one thing with this that i want to bring up because it's not in the it's obviously not in the in the uh movie because they they rico's parents die at the end of the book, um, it's implied that like there's a big push for recruiting on Earth, and um, Rico's dad joins up and ends up serving under him in kind of a interesting thing there. Like, like actually, like his dad is a libtard, but when faced with because they don't live in Buenos Aires, they live in uh, uh, Manila, I think, right? And yeah, it's or somewhere in the Philippines. Something like that. After yeah. Earth gets attacked, there's uh, Johnny Rico's dad joins the infantry. And even though he's like in his four, I think he's like supposed to be in his forties or late forties. Um, and like, it's like, even the libtard can be cured by like, uh, existential fucking, uh, you know, war. And I think there's, that's like a, a more reference to like, I think like the world war two stuff where like actually ever, everyone went. Cause there is like, it's like, it's this shift, not from like a, from like the all volunteer army where the book starts to the wartime footing where, it's kind of the war, like, so the side is fascist, but, like, it's not, it, it's, it, it's, there's this kind of, it's not totally untrue myth about America that I think is being referenced here, where during World War II, when it started, there were so many volunteers that there actually did overwhelm, like, recruitment, recruitment in a, in a lot of ways, and they had to, like, put a halt on volunteerism and begin a draft only to get, like, the right numbers and the right types of people initially um so there was like it there were more there were draftees who weren't act who like wanted to join and were uh like or it was like first couple of years of the war then eventually it kind of opened up to everybody and draftees but uh i think that, that there's kind of like that thing you would that's like a thing you wouldn't know about if uh if not for you know growing up in that era it's kind of a weird like lost piece of history that there was this like you know the the when the society's attacked, because, like, Buenos Aires, is, is, it's a Pearl Harbor analog, obviously. Um, people do join who wouldn't otherwise join uh, this volunteer army. And, uh, you know, and then become, like, made good by it, right? Although it is kind of a hilarious that, like, the training as described in uh, the book is, like, pretty insane. It's, like, it, there are, like, flaws because Kylan was not, he was a naval officer. He wasn't, like, a, he didn't actually, wasn't in the infantry. Uh, the training I heard in the book is like it, the it, with the with the, the washout rate they give. It's a it's a mixture of like what would be considered modern 
especially like special forces drop rates, but they're doing like just insane, like, you know, movements and running and rucking and stuff. Um, there's absolutely no way you could actually like field, like run civilians through this course and like meaningful rates. Like the drop, the drop rate would be insane. And it is in the, in the book, but then you couldn't also like fill field a regular army at this rate. It, 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 there is some weirdness with like Heinlein not being quite as savvy as he thinks he is. And, uh, that's why the, the, that is like probably the, the the better pro of the book is that the the guys aren't they aren't all like they're they're not like power armored hyper soldiers they're just like people with guns I think it's 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 better in a lot of ways to be that it makes more sense also like even if you did have power armor hyper soldiers in your army you would still have regular like grunts in unpowered armor with guns like obviously to like. You can't have everybody. Yeah, not be everyone's like going to have the most expensive power armor. Right? Yeah, well, not everybody's going to be a tank, right? It's like it's like analogous to a tank. It's like well, not everybody's going to be a tank driver. You know, you have guys who just like, you know, defend spots. So, but yeah, I, I really, I, I really like both products, but I think the the book is far superior and is like you know, well, it's a book. One of those, you know, it's... <laughs> yeah, but it's also like I think it is one of those things that's like kind of in a class of its own. Like I mentioned, like the Iliad or Berserk or like these certain like works of fiction that are. Uh, like fundamentally important for humanity, I think. Uh, even if not everybody has, like likes them, like there is like such massive value in these things. Um, that also that they're just like not. It's like it's also just one of the few works that isn't operating from like liberal priors or libtard priors. It's like it's there, so therefore it's more true. Uh, I don't think I don't think you can do good libtard fiction. It just doesn't, it doesn't quite work. Um, well, no, Liptard, I mean, Liptard is... Well, actually, fiction, I take that back. Right? Or, I take that. There is uh, the... What is... What's the... Braveheart. Braveheart is probably about as good as Liptard fiction can get. How is Braveheart Liptarded? It's all about, like... It's, oh, like the, it's... Oh, freedom! Like freedom! I mean, yeah. Freedom, yes. anarchists, like... It's, it's, it's they're, like, importing democracy on the Scots. You know? It's doing, like... Yeah, okay. I can see that. It's, it's I mean, it's, it's based in, like, violent, but it is, like, a... The, 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 the prior, like, the... The the priors of that film are, are libtarded, um, absolute power corrupting and things like that. You know, I, I wanted to go back though because I didn't quite finish the thought, and, and it, but it ties to this yeah. to this libtarded thing about um, Harvard. So yeah, I, I, as I said, it's been a very long time since I read the book, and I thought it. it I don't remember him getting like a thirty five percent or anything like that, or, or that he was portrayed as the, the the my recollection, which it seems is is correct, is that the it was more about presenting um, the infantry as like in some way equally prestigious or maybe more prestigious in certain ways than other combat roles that aren't, that don't yeah, involve directly fighting. Right. Um, it is. It's true. Yeah. And, and so in other words that like, it wasn't, it was like, cause with, with, with the, with the 35%, math thing and the kind of attitude of some of the oh yeah ace levy so the kind of meathead one of the his, his meathead you know rival slash friend um slash brother in arms like is that is he supposed to be jewish is that like levy like because i mean the 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 the, the character's name is l-e-v-y and i don't even, i don't recall this character from the book but it, again it's been forever the, the name levy struck out stuck out to me um is is why i don't know if you you have any sense of that i but, don't it don't really matter. I was just, yeah. It just was some, but the, but the point is the character is present is presented in the in the movie. Like at one point, you know, the, there's this open squad leader position, 
and um, Rico says, Levy, why don't you take it? And he says, nah, I just want to fight. You know, I, I tried that once already. I screwed it up. Um, I just like fighting. And he, in general, is presented as as is the kind of, you know, the dumb farmer kid who gets his head blown off during the training accident um, as kind of, yeah, like there's it, it a sense in which um, the, the infantry, it's, it's not about pursuing martial glory in a very dangerous way. And it's not necessarily something that's going to be attractive to highly intelligent people. It's, it's more of like, Oh, you know, this is what you do if you're dumb and you can't make it as a pilot, can't make it in the Navy. Um, which is definitely different. And, and the, the other side of that, or the, another like aspect of that is this disc, which I mentioned. Um, yeah. And it's good to, I was like, I don't remember this thing in the book. I, I thought, I think essentially it's a comment on legacy admissions is the idea. Like he, he's clearly this kind of pretty boy, preppy kid, rich parents, um, sports ball, you know, athlete. And so I think it was, it was um, the, the line about Harvard or the, you know, not actually multiple lines of Harvard is kind of a theme in, in a certain way. They're going to Harvard. That's final. Right. The, yeah. Um, it, it's like, it's, it's, this, it's a, it's a libtard's idea of legacy admissions. And like, of course, you know, he's, he's, yeah, he's dumb, but his parents are rich and he's an athlete. So of course he can go to Harvard. Right. Um, and in some ways that's, that was the Harvard of, I mean, not that like Harvard was a finishing school until the, um, the standardized test revolution, which I mean, again, that's a whole other topic. It'd be a great topic. Cause actually it's come it's been in the discourse recently too. Um, and of course it's a perennial topic of concern, but yeah, in, in, in the old days that, you know, essentially the, the, the dynamic was it was a finishing school for waspy elites Jews didn't like that. They didn't like being excluded. So they, and, and they were, you know, as a matter of policy, deliberately excluded. So that was the, the, the initial big push for standardized testing was, oh, we just want, you know, the smartest kids to go to the best schools. Even though at that time, like Harvard was prestigious and produced a fair amount of scholarship and was influential within academia in certain ways. Wasn't necessarily the, quote unquote, the best school, right? In large part because, like, that wasn't exactly what they were going for, Um and yes, yeah, I think have... if you if you read uh, like books about like the OSS or like the Manhattan Project, it's pretty clear MIT is like the big school at this point. MIT and Princeton were the the yeah. the leaders um, intellectually. It wasn't you know Harvard and then Stanford was... and then in California. Yeah, and, and on the West Coast, right? Yeah, but but Harvard was not up until very very really more like the eighties. I even I would say considered like the well, number one a, destination. A lot for... of that also is the the finance stuff. Like yes, like the, the Ivy so. League the Ivy League's prestige is connected to the fact that they can place people at like Goldman uh, Sachs. big cap Goldman that's Sachs, a, right? Yeah. And it's because America is about is a society based only on money at this point. There, there are no more high every higher ideal has been destroyed by like a pay, Which really by money. took off in the you know late seventies, early eighties. Yeah. So yeah that tracks uh, for sure. So I th- I think I think that's more connected Harvard's prestige is much more connected to that than people I think want to admit in a lot of ways no, I, well uh, i mean it depends on which people but yes it's um yes for sure for it's sure, not a, it's sure. not it's it's not a good school that makes sense like it's not a it's it never not has a, been uh, like right like that was never yeah. what, it, what, it, what it was really about it, you know it was it, really what it, it was you know to, to put on the bull bug hat for a second you know harvard was founded as a theological seminary for insane protestants and kind of never changed <laughs> right <laughs> Like this is this yeah. is an explicitly ideological institution pushing a very particular ideology. 
also it was like a, a, I honestly underrated like how important it was. I, Harvard's big contribution in my mind is like being a, a med school that wasn't like quackery mm-hmm. at that point. Like being a non-quack med school. Although even there, Johns Hopkins is like the number one, right? Better, but, yeah. But still, like just like existing at that point in time, like you know, as early yeah. as old as it is, like right. just not being actively oh, sure. quacks. Yeah, uh, probably did more good for society than all the, than all the quack med, you know, presidents, medical, presidents, yeah. and lawyers, and yeah, whatever. <laughs> you know. That's true. All uh, the Ivy League, sh- the Ivy League should be destroyed. Blah, you know, blah blah blah. No, yeah. we could keep the the buildings are pretty. We keep the nice buildings. Just the rest of it, you know, redacted, yeah. redacted. Uh, Brandenburg v. Ohio. Okay, I want to talk one more thing about fascist democracy. In this, okay, yeah, this movie has a very important scene that there's I think was like Verhoeven asleep at the wheel not being a libtard or just like I guess it was a was it it's Newmyer the writer right was it Ed Newmyer yeah, was the writer yes yeah um, the scene where like the the uh Kathmandu fuck up happens or, or... <laughs> uh Kathmandu Kef- uh, fuck now I forget yeah, yeah whatever yeah. The alien planet Kathmandu <laughs> calling Kathmandu is, is funnier uh Kathmandu it's whatever the the Sky Marshal, the president, dictator figure of this of this society, uh, resigns in disgrace, and it's a black woman being replaced by a white guy. The black yes, female yes, Sky Marshal. Guy, I, yes, but like <laughs> in every. But the thing is, this is why it's not like a good satire at all. It's because in like your fascist satires, the dictator fucks up massively and doesn't resign, and that's like that's a a, a real indictment of the system. Is this guy is like. You know, and it happens in real life. Like Saddam famously lost the Iran Iraq War, pretty much, and like declared victory and like didn't resign, right? And that was like because the Ba'ath Party is a dictatorship. And I'm not saying that the person in charge always resigns when there's a fuck up, but the idea of like this person does a bad job and then they are replaced by somebody and they take responsibility and resign is so foreign to the American or like the liberal system in every single way. It's almost like. It just seems like a hard endorsement of fascism. Like when you see this scene, it's like, oh, yeah. So like, well, it's just a better system because fascism is an honor culture, and lib, lib like libtards have no understanding of honor. It's just li- literally. Yeah. I, I would tie. I would actually connect it back to the eugenics thing. Like essentially, you know, blowing out. Okay, we could you know temporarily again to put the mole bug hat on and kind of um, set the the Jewish question to the side. Blowing out like in a, in a, in, a, in a big theoretical terms, I think you can understand liberalism or, you know, whatever you want to call this, uh, this ideology as a, being very much a, the, the, the core of it is the obliteration of distinctions between higher and lower, better and worse, beautiful and ugly and so on. Um, and you see this in art, right. Um, and you see this explicitly, uh, you know, uh, throwback to my, 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 some of my older listeners, but we used to do, I used to be on, we used to have a podcast called Westward. Um, we had an episode on um, Percy Shelley and and the um, uh, and and essentially the the Luciferian uh, ideology of nineteenth century liberalism, which is very much about you know Prometheus Unbound and and um, going back to Milton and, and and portraying Lucifer as a sympathetic figure, right? Like this is you know and, and Prometheus himself, of course, also the light bringer, the bringer of fire to humanity, and the whole poem is an endorsement of this idea of. Um, Essentially, like it's un- like Jupiter, you know, the king of the gods, which is to say the Christian god, is unfair because he doesn't recognize, you know, Prometheus just um, just wants to, you know, ex- exert his 
individualistic will against the divine order, right? And this is valorized. This is because the concept of divine order for liberalism is itself suspect, which is which, because like divine, there is no, ultimately all orders are divine order, right? So like it's the, it's the concept of order itself that is suspect. And, and it becomes an endorsement of like, not even a, a Dionysian chaos, um, but just like a, something even more inchoate than that. It's, it's, it's just, again, the obliteration of any and all distinctions. And so, no, you cannot have, how can you have a concept of honor in a society that like rejects the idea, like really it rejects the idea of immorality, you know, to, to the extent that immorality is like whatever, to, the only kind of immorality that um, liberal society is willing to recognize is the immorality of, um, insisting on distinctions. It's, it's the popper paradox where or not the, the paradox of tolerance thing, right. That you mentioned earlier, like it's, it's not, it's not even, it's not so much in the end that, um, we can tolerate everything except intoler intolerance. It's that, well, or maybe even that's just the really where it comes down. But yeah, it's, it's literally the only, our only principle is there are no principles. Our only rule is there are no rules and anyone who like the way you break that rule is by saying you know i think this should be a law you know i think this should be a rule about that like now that's what makes you the bad guy yep pretty much i mean and then to go deeper to do all right now mobug you're a jew actually the actual society is is to say that it's it's zionism the actual the actual is the holocaust yes 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 yes. yeah and then but like yes I, I like to put the hat back on. <laughs> no, absolutely. Uh, we need, you, you can't like, yes, yeah. we, we got, we can do that for a bit and then we got to, yes, we must yeah. in the end return to the hat. And because yeah, there are actually like, I mean, that's a kind of, that, that's nice. And I think it's, it's true as far as it goes, but then there's another way of looking at it, which is just, yeah, like, well, that's all just a very thin rhetorical veneer yeah. over just the naked exercise of Zionist power. Yes. Uh, speaking of uh, naked power, um, I want to talk about like the the sex the, in the movie. <laughs> the, well, that, but just like the broad rule of cool going on. Mm-hmm. The sex is obviously good stuff, right? It's uh, I was surprised there. by how tasteful it was. I mean, normally I, I I'm yeah. like the the well, no, guys. I really know, hate I, I, I hate sex scenes, and I just you know fast forward if I'm if and or just avert my eyes because it always makes me cringe. Like I don't need to see. It's like whatever. But like the um, but in the movie, I actually thought it did. A, it was um, well. You had pretty there's, tasteless depictions I'm of gonna, sex scenes in the there's 90s. A very, there's an in the eighties. There's an important line in the movie, which I think is once again sliding past for Hoven uh, in being like more fascister than people realize. Is that uh, Johnny Rico sees himself as this kind of like. Uh, uh, chivalry kind of guy. He's like pining after. Oh yeah. Oh, the, 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 the makes a big time. deal. He hasn't slept with Denise Richards, you know, as yeah. of prom night. And then, and and his and and his and, his, and Razak just says like, we're not. We don't, that's not what we do. Like, you understand? <laughs> yes. We all die. Like he's like, yeah. It's it's industrial warfare. We're not like knights in armor. We all like don't because he says uh, don't don't pass on a good thing, right? Like actually, you should you know. Sleep with have, your girlfriend, like it's okay. We you can muster in ten, in you know ten minutes late. Yeah, yeah. He, that, well, that, after getting after that, he says like he catches them after he told them he he told he tells them that's to have right that's right he told catches them, them yes. and says like we'll keep doing that for you know yeah we got to um, we got to muster in in ten minutes but you can you can be there in twenty yeah yeah um 
but like uh, that, that's like oh actually we're, this is like it's because they're not doing chivalry and shining armor and you know louis king of france stuff they're doing hitler stuff you know you gotta have kids <laughs> you gotta have kids you gotta have fun now yeah. this is industrial warfare we all die you know there's no ransoming there's no you know surrender you know, like you know it, it's true and uh, uh it's also uh what year was I think it's also a direct reference to Enemy at the Gates. There's the Enemy at the Gates. It's a very similar scene. I think that comes later, but I'd have Does to it? double check. Does it? I'm not Because sure. they're, they're almost identical in, like, yeah. how they're pulled off. Um, ooh, ooh, pulled off. Hey, hey. Uh, <laughs> Ayo. But, Enemy at the Gates so, is 2001. So, yeah, it's a wow. couple years later. I'm super, I, I, I felt like they were referencing Enemy at the Gates, but I guess, yeah. It's, this movie's older than I realized. But okay, other just rule of cool stuff is. Wait, wait real quick on the sec. Are we are we gonna talk? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Just because I like so again, I feel like Verhoeven is really critiquing the voyeurism of the camera, um, and that really came out in the shower scene, which dares you as a viewer to eroticize it. And of course, I remember like that. You know, you know, Denise Richards boobies, like which are like you know way better. In what was it, Wild Things? Like, if you actually want to see that. But um, the thing is, it's like, no, this is not a voyeuristic scene. And and the tits are just played as, like, yeah, we're soldiers taking a shower. Like, what, like, what's your, why are you fixating on this, right? It was a very, it was, which, which again speaks to the kind of, um, how to say, gender equality. And as, and as ridiculous as it was to have kind of kung fu princess you know, hard ass bitches or whatever, uh, in, in, in the rifle units. Um, you know, Hitler's Germany, you know, natural socialist Germany was also very gender egalitarian, right? It's not, not necessarily at the level of having women serving as, uh, ship captains or something, but when you remove physical valor out of it, perhaps there's no, you know, perhaps in a, in a future futuristic martial society, you can understand why maybe, you know, you can understand having female pilots in that kind of a way. I don't know. It, it, it was, um, it was an interesting, I, I felt of two minds, I guess, on it. Like in some ways it, it gets portrayed. I, I've heard in the discourse, the, the, the female soldiers thing kind of as, held up as an example of libtardation of a sort. And I, there's something to that, but I think there's also something to the counter argument about the role of women in fascist societies. Well, I think it's just a text that, like, this is a good satire at all. But, like, so, like, so, all right, so, satirist Paul Verhoeven, what is your point here? Like, that... Yeah, right. Like, what, what is that? Like, right, like, exactly. What is actually... Are you saying that our society is bad and the fascist one is more egalitarian? Are you saying that it's stupid for them to have women in the infantry because they'll die and there's, like, a birth rate thing, sub-narrative going on? That's way... No, that... I mean, like, that would make sense, but that he's not saying that at all. Yeah, he's, like, he, Clearly, like, he's right? saying nothing. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's like, it's really just, like, saying nothing. Uh, at best, if I'm gonna, like, really steal man, if I'm, like, coping almost, like, he's doing, like, he's kind of taking, like, late 90s equality stuff, like, race-blind, gender-blindness, and, like, spinning that it, what would that fascism look like you know like what if this society was taken to its to to 11 like that the, the, the movie was made maybe maybe he's doing that but i i i really don't like i don't it. think he had a clear uh, sense of what he was doing i don't i know i think he like yeah. he clearly has a very he's just very good at um storyboards 
or, or, or translating, you know, a certain kind of like the, the visually everything about it is great. Um, every aspect of the art direction and the, the way he, yeah. he does the, um, so speaking know. of that, cause this is one thing I definitely knew he did that he, that this is very, it's very Verhoeven. -y, is the gun they call it called like a Makeda or whatever the, the firearm. Mm -hmm. The firearm just combines like cool aspects of other firearms. Yes, like the, it, it's like it's also like cartoonishly long as a result. Uh, it like but it looks fucking awesome. Like, like, it, it tactical is, it, it, it's, to the extreme. <laughs> well, like it, yeah, it's bullpup. It's also a pump shotgun. It's also got like a, a and it good, has no like, recoil. <laughs> it just doesn't. Yeah, <laughs> but it has a good like like a uh, bolt that flies back and gives a good chunk when they need it to. Uh, it has all these like very cool features. Um, some of them have like scopes, some don't. Um, the, it's it's very, very. Uh, it's a it's a very Rule cool, of cool thing. as you were saying before. Yeah, um, and then also there's some like, and of course it, it's a it's over the top and it's dumb looking. You know, that's one thing the movie also gets right. It's it's not rule of cool. It's like inverse rule of cool, but it actually is real and. How like doofy soldiers kind of look when they're running with helmets on, like you do, like like <laughs> individual like instill 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 shots. Soldiers can look cool in motion with all your fucking heavy kit and and helmet kind of going a little too low on your eyes or too high on your forehead. Like you look like a fucking dork, and you kind of got to know get over this. It. Is, well, maybe like if you like like an individual. A lot soldier, of the scenes in the background, soldiers they go way too like far down their eyes, and you they, you, they can't see anything. Yeah, like there's a good bit of that, or they'll when, rise when they're all marching, when they're all like running in, you know, in unison to g get on the the assault craft. I'm like, fuck yeah, that was, yeah. <laughs> you feel yeah, like, yeah, no, they, but yeah, these things like, are really, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, also a rule of cool stuff. I always think that the the nuke stuff is like very funny. It, and I want that was the other. They're so not wanted, much bigger than they're not right, much the, bigger the than like um, explosives. Which, I wanted, which brings me to so I wanted to talk. Uh, I don't know how much more we want to talk about the movie. We obviously happy to, but. Um, that's a good segue into talking about hell divers, because um, so I, I was you know as a I mean the like, hell divers obviously ticks just all of my boxes, um, and so when I saw the the um, the, the hell divers two would come out and I was seeing you know gameplay footage and the gifs and the memes and people kind of you know libtards having again it seemed like it was I think that might have precipitated or it was very strange coincidence if not. Um, that people were sort of enjoying the accusation was that you're enjoying hell hell divers unironically and therefore wrong, um, which very quickly became, you know, because the, it's so tight, closely tied to the source material in Starship Troopers, that, you know, people were doing the same thing with Starship Troopers, um, which is okay, whatever. We could talk about the irony or that that aspect of. Oh, I don't really think there's much to say about it. I mean, you know, clearly, like it's just. If it's not an intentional endorsement, it's an unintentional endorsement and an endorsement either way. Um, Helldivers is fun. I, I actually, so while the, the, the Helldivers 2 server situation, you know, they had this massive runaway hit, completely unexpected on their hands. And so they had like server problems and people couldn't log in. I couldn't log in. So while I was uh, waiting for, uh, you know, my spot in the queue to come up, I installed the original Helldivers, which I had gotten in like a humble bundle or something years ago. I'd never just played it. Um, but it, it was very, I knew it was very well re regarded. I just hadn't um, dicked around with it. And it's actually really good. Um, and, and I don't know that it's necessarily, I don't think that necessarily at this point there's much, there's, it's worth like covering in its own episode. Uh, but it's um, real, you know, just a few key bullet points. Number one, 
it struck me that uh, Helldivers 2 is very much the game that they, like, it seems that they wanted to make, but they didn't have the budget or the resources, or not even just, like, monetary budget. Like, you know, as a studio, they there was no way they could pull pull it off. Um, the gameplay is very, very similar. Um, it's just, like, the original is top-down uh, and, and kind of, in some ways, more basic, although um, pretty much all of the, the same gameplay elements are there. They're just, you know, the the, the, the sequel is big 3d third pack third person action role play, you know quasi role playing type environment um and uh and yeah it's it's um the the thing is and because you came up in terms of the nukes um which i like it struck me as as a um how to say it was a kind of i could see what the choice was and why they made it and it was interesting so um in the original helldivers just like in Starship Troopers, if you want to close a bug hole from which the bugs are emerging, you must use a nuclear weapon. And it's actually in the in the training. It's emphasized in like the the tutorial um, in Helldivers One. Like I actually died. It was my only death during the tutorial was um, because the blast radius from the tactical nuclear weapon that you have to call down on the bug hole is actually super. It's like basically a whole screen. So you have to like clear the screen um, in in any direction in order to avoid getting killed by your own nuclear weapon. Um, that's what again the bug hole won't close otherwise. I actually tried to toss a grenade in there, it didn't do anything. Um, in Helldivers two, it does. It's just straight up Gears of War. And I actually, actually uh, I re I rebound the uh, controller keys because I kept like um, pushing the right button to reload. Um, like is like like sort of mentally this was Gears of War. And, um, and so I was pushing the right button to reload and, and I and accidentally not reloading. So I, I rebound right button to reload and, and X to melee. Um, just so I like, wouldn't, my brain wouldn't have this problem of keep thinking that I was playing gears of war, but the, um, in, in, uh, Helldivers two, just like in gears of war, you close the bug holes with a regular grenade. You do not need a tactical nuclear weapon. Um, which yeah, in, in Starship Troopers was kind of like, they basically like visually it's, well, I guess there's also the scene where he has, you know, I was gonna say it looked like an RPG, um, and it's treated largely like an RPG. It's like an RPG that launches a, a 500 kilogram, um, HE or something, except it's in this, in the size of a, of a grenade that you can also carry in your hand and use like, uh, what was it? The thermal, what they call it in Star Wars? The thermal detonator. The thermal detonator. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, but I, I, they're also just, they're just like, once you get rule of cool, like if you have a large explosive, just declare it nuclear. For, yeah. or, <laughs> and, it's, and it is, and it gets cooler. It's just, okay, fine, you know, whatever. I mean, in principle, this. there's what, like a linear relationship between fissile mass and um, explosive power. It's just like fissile masses below a certain point have just really, really hard to make them go critical. But, you know, wave your hand space magic futuristic society technology you know that's just a yeah. that's an engineering problem right i mean it is like you have to aim the chunks right like it's a yeah with Pluto- no, I know it literally with, is yeah. an engineering problem it's just you have to aim the ch- the chunks don't impact if there's not a chunks in the thing but you could yeah. if you could in theory aim the chunks from the initial it's like right initial contact is easy it's the secondary contacts yeah it's something it's been really a while it's, it's been a while since i since i, since I, since I I've stopped downloading schematics for nuclear weapons <laughs> <I> <laughs> after, getting, after getting into being a neo-Nazi because uh, right. obviously. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. I have some old books, though. The interesting... Yeah. Uh, uh... 
But yes, it's very much really cool. And it totally works. I mean, you know, yeah. it, it, visually and as a story device, it, it totally works. It's just um, something to, to point out. Yeah, I don't know that I have much more on Helldivers other than... Oh, I have a really red. weird... I have, you want some just weird movie lore background stuff? Absolutely. So due to the... So the movie was in 97. Due to the uh, Assault Weapons ban... There were not a lot of like AR-15s around, which is why you see weird guns from this era in mm. movies. Um, the whole band ends in '96, pretty much, and production starts again. So all of the uh, guns—they're actually mini 14s <laughs> with the, with a big plastic shell over them. So you wouldn't think the mini 14 is like a cool tactical gun. It's like the opposite of tactical gun, right? It's like a it's the yeah, guts it's, like, it's like right. It's uh yeah, ranch. It's a ranch gun, right? Know, for, Farmers or whatever, like a, a farmer's light rifle. But, but even though that's the, like purely aesthetic, just about. I mean, like function. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Function. Yeah. yeah. And you can only you only really can see when you see the the couple, the very few scenes where they focus on the the bolt going backwards and a round coming out that hits a mini fourteen. It's almost impossible to tell. But there may actually mini. I had no idea. Yeah, I had. I. I, I yeah. Didn't, yeah. They would have been ARs or AKs, but the assault weapons ban had driven up the price of those, and then it was hadn't come back down yet until, hmm. you know. The 2000s, I think, expi- yeah. 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 I think it expired in 90. I'd have to double check. But yeah. So the A-, the A team also famously used Mini 14s. Um, mm-hmm. They were also cheaper back then, too, obviously. Um, Mini 14s. Oh, especially, and, and AKs, too. I mean, Soviet, you know, or so, so yeah. plus at the end of this Cold War, it was dirt cheap. Yep. Famously. Um, so there, uh, oh, there's also a rule of, like, just very dumb, like, a lot of references to, like, just dumb World War II movies. Like, you'll see people throw grenades, but, like, they'll pick the, the pin out with their teeth, like, long after that yeah. trope was gone. Like, long after that trope has, <laughs> would have been, like, have been, like, ruined by the internet. People explain that it doesn't work, it actually doesn't work that way. Uh, there's, just, like, a couple, like, grenade teeth scenes that are good. Um, yeah, I, I, we're wrapping up. I, I could go into more, like, granular stuff, but it's just me being a fan of the book and talking about the book. I, my you do thing that a is, little bit. I, I don't have to no, you, more, but yeah. You, you, the re, you, the viewer can just read the read Starter Troopers. It's sure, yeah. It's like definitely. two dollars used on Amazon, dude. Just it's just free buy. on LibGen. Like, yeah, I mean, like just, just like just read it. Uh, some people bounce off of it. Most people don't. Uh, it's you know, it's great. I think if you're if you're here, you can probably handle it. Very few. That's why I think also Verhoeven is like was like being kind of worked against by the whole crew of this film because people generally try to read the book when they sure. when they're film, film, um, part, on a crew or actor or doing anything most people enjoy the book there's like it's a weird like some people just get filtered by the classroom stuff at the beginning and some people get filtered by like the fascism um but that's there i would say it's a minority of a bit of that most people actually really I think love most the book. normies would be reading it like oh it's just this is a cool <laughs> book about fighting space aliens you know like it's not yeah. also the book used to be on a lot of required reading lists for the u.s military and is gone pulled been still that. that's oh yeah it was uh well no i mean the US oh yeah right again it makes them worse it, it makes the u.s military worse therefore it's a good thing yeah also like it, it's directly get contrary to the mission of the u.s military which is like of course you know like only people who are in the military should vote it's like well why are you reading this you you don't <laughs> you, you you don't fight for that side you fight for a, a fake really really gay society where literally anybody can vote like so yeah, what you gonna do? Like, like people with American citizenship who have never been to America. Who, if your parents are American citizens and you live in a foreign country, you can still vote in America. Like, that's not a you could be, you could never have been to America and still vote. Like, it's it's like it's like the opposite society, you know. Yep. Or you could like just have come over and fill the paperwork out, and then you could vote. It's, it's really gay. Um. 
Yeah, no, uh, read the book. You can watch the movie too. It's it's, it's worth watching. Definitely watch uh, the movie. It's excellent. And I think it's, uh, that was maybe the last thing in terms, because I mentioned the art. And I do think just the art direction is insane. But um, one yeah. limitation of the era was the very, very basic CGI. The, the, uh, the, the arachnids are pretty well animated. But other than that, it's um, like... What, the, what resolution did you watch this in? I watched it in 4K. That's the problem. The, the, the CGI is actually excellent. Okay. Anything... I watched it in, I think, 1080p, and it was great. 1080p is peak. Okay, you get I have two, to... You know, well, what I, what, it was, it's way ahead of its time. I'm sure first you're... First of all. I, uh, yeah. I know, well, what I was going to say was the elements are all there. Like, the basic layout of, like, the ship, um, you know, the, the, the exteriors and things. Like, the, the, the big picture geometry is excellent, and it's all on point. It's the little details that you would expect in contemporary productions... That are missing. That is textbook case for AI, and it's the kind of thing that's also simple enough that I think. I, I mean, I, if someone else out there wants to try, I also might give it a try myself because it seems like a very easy, quote unquote, fix. Like you can you can make it look like a recent release movie because the the the, the bones are great as as far as the visuals of the of the CGI. It's literally just the the kind of little embellishments. Um, with, you know, if, if the textures are really flat, then it kind of looks a little bit off, especially in higher resolutions. But it's a very easy fix um, for something for, for like AI type type stuff. Compared to, I had my other idea for um, for AI was uh, uh, my app Denegrify de- um, to, for example, fix Liet Kynes in the new Dunk. Um, and then the Dune, sorry, maybe, maybe this is a little too esoteric. Yeah, you know, famously the yeah. uh, uh, Liet Kynes is completely wrong yeah. in in Dunk. Um, and, but, you know, Denegrify app could fix that, theoretically. Yo, you, 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 you think you could make Zendaya attractive? That's, a that's what I'm, oh, that's it much easier. That's, that's a, again, easier. Uh, is it? The, is it? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, you just completely change your, you just, you know, put Denise Richards in, um, Denise Richards' face on, on those frames. <laughs> Done. Uh, the, 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 the Leah Kynes fix, I think, would be a little harder because she has that nappy, those nappy dreadlocks. Like, that's, that's going to be a, a, definitely a, you know, a, a Looking back on lift. Dune, Dune, like, if Dune you made, dunk? like, either one, Dunk. <laughs> no, I mean the, uh, the David a, Lynch or the... Or the yeah, if you if you did, it made Liet Kynes, like, black, it would make a certain amount of sense in the narrative. Being a woman is, like, yeah, very much over the line. Because yeah, he's a foreigner yeah, to that land, right? Like, yeah. like Liet Kynes being a foreigner if to the land. If it was Idris Elba, not to do the thing... And also, like, but, but, kind like, of a lazy... Mi- I honestly like, wouldn't mind as much if it was Idris Elba. I can do. I like a reading of Leah Kynes where he's kind of like a DMV guy, like he's just like shamming from work. You know, like, like, oh yeah, no, I got this government job. No one checks in with me. I just kind of collect a check and hang out with the local guys, and mm-hmm. we we do we do like drugs, like right. You, could, I, you know, <laughs> I do like, drugs with the local. <laughs> yeah, you just kind of. Yeah, I work for the uh, his most high emperor, and uh, no one checks in on me, so I kind of just uh, do whatever. Got I a want. remote job for Arrakis, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um. I could. I'm okay. It, being a whammon takes over the edge, though. No, like, it's just wrong. I, it's just dumb. Like at that point, it's yeah. like, what the fuck? Yeah. No, that was so. Um, but yeah. I, but I, so denegrify is is something that I would like to develop. But um, fixing the the um, sort of ba- like the the just the little details. It, it literally just needs like the you know more convincingly detailed facades, and and that's yeah. just the easiest possible yeah. thing to fix. Uh, although I also just brought for the listener, I'm glad you have kind of broken your seal on watching movies that I've requested. 
I really want you to watch Scarface. I want to do Scarface so yeah. badly. Yeah, we've been it's very, to do it for like years. And I just, it, yeah, it's so I similar in that every scene is great. Like, it's so watchable. There's no, there's not an unwatchable scene or even, like, a boring scene. They're all, like, grab you. As a over-narrative, it's okay. It's fine. It's not, like, wonderful stuff. I really want to do Scarface. Uh, we have a listener who I really want to do Scarface for. He knows who he is. Um, but cool. I, I, yeah. I, I it's we'll a it's it. a guy. It's a very similar. It's similar in ways that I kind of want to talk about. Just we we'll just talk about how it's shot. And, and I like, also I want to do a RoboCop. Um, and uh, we could do RoboCop old and new, but um, as well on for for. Do we have what? to watch? I mean, new RoboCop's kind of. Have you seen it? I have not. I don't worry. It's like not whatever. Missable. It's like it's very forget. It's very forgettable. Have, the, the third one that I, like on this following the same kind of theme is. Um, I've seen the original Judge Dredd, Judge Dredd many times, but I have not. I heard the reboot was great. Oh, I'm and, the opposite. I've never seen the old one because okay. it looked cringe. Oh, the really? New no, it's awesome. good. Yeah, so okay. we can do. We'll so we, we got to do that for those. Will be I guess I G and G letter medias. Um, yeah. In the future, but I want to do Scarface next. Uh, yes, I want to, you'll 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 Scarface is great, and it has like enough politics to talk about for sure. Yeah, for I sure. Bet. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. We'll definitely uh, do that. Yes. In the meantime, you can reach us at nigger talk, N I G R T A L K, at proton.me. Uh, and remember, Antelope Hill for all your uh, booking needs. Books. Yes. They're great. Antelope Hill. New uh, writing contest. Check it out. Get oh, cool. Your, I didn't get know. yourself what's published. The, what's, the, what's the writing contest? Like, what's the theme? Uh, uh, check it out on your own time. I have, I am. Uh, I do not want to. I don't know when it's coming out versus when it's, that's coming out. I don't want to spoil it. Okay, what, all might right. Might be it to market. It's very interesting. It's very good. Uh, check the Antelope Hill Twitter account cool. or Telegram. Uh, it's uh, it's it's more thematic. It's 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 much more uh, dialed in. I think than previous. Previous has been pretty open. Like kind of do what you want. This one, I think, if you want to, if you kind of uh, write better within like a couple limitations or some more guardrails, I think you'll really like. It must be that's like me. How I how I am. I think you'll you'll be able to contribute. Structure like having constraints as a writer is definitely beneficial. Like when there's nothing you know harder to deal with than totally blank page. Um, yeah. On which note, I don't know. So I set up a um, we have now a National Institute for Gamer Review Substack. That's nigger podcast n i g r podcast dot substack dot com. Um, so far, it's just like a relay for the RSS. I um, also people have reported maybe better success directly downloading episodes from there. I don't know. Um, I'm going to see if I may change the RSS to. I, don't know, I have to see how it's going to work and 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 Substack and because I also it's a natural it's a it's good for audio. It's also obviously um, a great place for like written pieces or stuff. So I don't, I don't know if we're going to do that or not. But um, either way, uh, yes, please uh, um, check out or you know be aware that you can. You can check us out on on Substack as well. So yeah, with that, I don't was there was there anything else? I don't. I mean, think I think that's pretty much it no, that's for now. It. Yeah, cool. All right. So um, yes, we will be back soon. In the meantime, um, hope you enjoy listening and take care. Oh wait, wait. I, I have one. I have one. I have one final joke. Uh, Neil Patrick Harris in the movie is a uh, brain bug chaser. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, he is. All right. Take care, everyone.
Dumb girls are dumb. Girls are dumb.